It's a wild, wild world, and you're some wild, wild witches. <laughs> sure. <laughs> hey, everyone. I'm Leah Knauer. And I'm Rachel LaForest, and we are your basic witches. And today we have our pal, Mix Becker Grumet, and they are a non-binary, trans-masculine person and one of our dear friends, so, so talented, and we have a great conversation about their journey as a non-binary trans-masculine person. Yeah, and they're also a writer of hilarious musicals and the producing director at Art Time Presents, which you'll get to hear a little bit about. Yes! Um, A few things to tell you about. If you've been looking to manifest some shit and change your life in a big way, but you're not sure where or how to start, then I definitely recommend you take my Woe Manifest Some Shit course. Um, It is available on our merch site, which you can also get crop tops, bags, hats. We have so much cute merch. So go to leahknauer.com slash basicwitchesmerch or just go to our Instagram at basicwitches and the link is right there in our bio. Yeah, and as a reminder, everything's made here in LA, here in the USA, Um, by our friends who are also minorities and artists. And um, we're trying to, you know, help help all levels. Um, And you would really be helping us by buying merch. It's kind of like saying thank you for making the show that you love. So we hope uh, you can help us out with that. And extra bonus points if you can leave an iTunes review. Yes. But okay, babes, before we let you listen to this episode, we have to tell you about our friends, OK Babe. As you know, we're with the Soul Fire Productions podcast network and we love them so much and one of the shows is okay babe with kelly Tennant and connor wanders connor connor moore why did i just forget his name connor moore well he does have a show called connor wanders but this is about their show okay babe um it's hilarious they air their dirty laundry they talk about taboo topics uh it gets hot it gets sexy um it gets sometimes uncomfortable and unfiltered and it dives deep into everything in their relationship how they navigate and it can totally help you So if you want to listen to their show after our show, head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe to OK Babe. But for now, enjoy this episode with Becker Grumet. Yeah, you are by no means a spokesperson for trans people or non-binary people. We just want to hear your personal experience. So no pressure. But I get that Mm -hmm. sentiment. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just how are you, a, just how are you feeling? Yeah, we're all just people. How are you feeling today? Because for listeners, only like a week ago, a big um, Supreme Court, like horrible move was made. Section 1557 of the Affordable Care Act was repealed, which is a section that specifically protected trans people against discrimination within healthcare. And we're in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Just to be and, clear. And a huge like <laughs> movement for Black Lives Matter. There's just so much going on. And I can't believe that they would do that to LGBTQ, first of all, at any time. And secondly, at a time like this. Um, so it's why we, I mean, you know, we love you, Becker, um, but <laughs> it's why we especially wanted to talk to you now because it's so important and you have firsthand experience with this life. Yeah. 
It's true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yet like the, when that happened, um, all I could really think about were black trans women. Mm-hmm. Um, and this sort of feeling came over me. Um, like, I mean, I've been, I've been out protesting um, a decent amount and uh, just been really fired up the last few weeks. I'm one of those. I'm one of those who's been arguing with my family. And, yes. Yes. Me too. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I wasn't, I wasn't really scared for myself. Um, I, I, I just became infuriated because I'm thinking of Tony McDade and I'm thinking of Nina Pop and mm-hmm. literally two, two other black trans women, uh, killed in the last week um Mm -hmm. and I that's all I could really think about yeah um and I and I I got on the phone with my parents um well actually no first (laughs) I don't really use Facebook anymore I still have it um because a lot of like high school friends and family members and like people I don't really see but like it's you know you know why we all use Facebook it's fun to know what's going on with Mm -hmm. folks um I got on there and posted a status that said something like, um, I'm going to post this here because the people who need to see it are here on Facebook. Mm, shit. <laughs> um, and it basically, uh, well, I'll take a step back and say, yes, for, I've, I first thought about uh, black trans lives and how that is going to affect them. Um, and, and then I I just felt this um this like okay so sometimes there's like this Venn diagram right that people try to make where it's like one side is like I love you and the other side is like I support Donald Trump. Thank <laughs> they try you. To, uh-huh. They try to make the little sliver in the middle. Yep. Like those mm-hmm. those two things can coexist. Mm-hmm. And I've been trying for, you know, basically since he started running for president, I, mm-hmm. I've been trying to reconcile that Venn diagram and saying, can this be true? Can this, can, can that sliver exist? Uh, and um, last week when that, when that uh, was announced uh, with Trump and, uh, tr- you know, trying to repeal, repeal, repeal back Obama's um, protections, all of his protections. Yeah. I just, that, that sliver went away for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not two circles. Thank you. Yeah. It's two, it's two separate circles. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I went on Facebook and I basically was like, uh, basically said that in so many words, there's no way this Venn diagram exists. Um, and and I said, like, and that, I'm not, again, I'm not worried about me. I'm worried about Black trans folks, other trans folks of color who are going to be even more, so much more fucking discriminated against than me. Mm-hmm. Um, for the record, if you're listening, I'm a white, uh, you know, grew up with, I'm a, I'm a white, non-binary, uh, transmasculine person. Um, and I've grown up with a lot of privilege in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I... You know, I I I don't really know how much this is going to affect me in the day to day, but um, yeah, I told my parents. I said, uh, here, you know, if 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 using me as an example to your friends and our family who don't understand this is going to help them support Black trans lives, 
then I guess, I guess that's cool. (laughs) Okay. Yes. To everything you just said. Thank you for saying it so clearly. I am currently... I hope it was clear. (laughs) It was clear. I'm currently up against people who believe that Venn diagram exists. And I recently... So I came out to my family as queer because though I never thought I'd even need to tell them, I realized I absolutely needed to tell them for those same reasons so that they can have the example of, oh, our own daughter fits into this community that's being affected. I'm going to actually care about it and do something about it because my own daughter isn't it. That was my hope. Um, But in my extended family, I've run into people who think that Venn diagram is true and who've tried to say, you know, I love you. I hope we're cool. And I had to say, no, no, I don't accept that as loving me. And I don't accept you as family. If, if you're voting for something that hurts my people, And Glennon Doyle said it really well. Um, She was reading from her book, Untamed. And uh, I'll post the clip. I screen recorded it. But she basically says, you can't love me and vote for someone that hurts me. It's just, you can't. And it's insane that we have to convince someone of that. Yeah, I... um, The way I've also been thinking about it, which helps me a lot is um where I'm in a book club right now that's reading uh, all about love new visions by bell hooks um, who she's an awesome black feminist writer um and this book was written in 2005 uh and yet the definition of love that she finds um that works for her and and that she really believes in uh is that um, I'll paraphrase it, but basically it, it ends in, you know, this person, their, their care and all of these things for you has to nurture your own spiritual growth. Um, and I <laughs> like, that's, that's it. Like mm. if you believe, if you believe in this man and you want to support, you know, the harm that he's going to do to people. Mm-hmm. And then I guess, I guess, you know, at this point, this, this people like me, uh, I mean, definitely at this point, but um, that's not going to nurture my spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> at, at the end of at the end of Glennon's video, she said, you are uh, like an intellectual adult and do you have a choice to choose loving me or sticking with your beliefs? Yeah. Basically, your your beliefs have to change. My dad, yeah. unfortunately, also believes that he fits in that little sliver of the Venn diagram. And the past few days between him and I have been, like, really, really, really bad to the point where, like, we've hit a impasse where it's like, if you are going to be in my life, we can't talk about politics ever again. Like, that's how no. bad it is. But, like, I like it sucks because it's my dad it's like my favorite person in the world and yet we agree so vehemently on but disagree it's it's yeah sorry um but for me it's like I'm primarily straight and so and I'm a like woman so I think to him I'm not really affected by these things but what he doesn't like fully grasp is I have a lot of black friends I have a lot of LGBTQ friends so like yeah it doesn't affect me your daughter but it affects my friends and I have to see that and like that's real you live in a white rural upper middle class 
suburb in Pennsylvania that's like no one you're not affected because you don't see it but it's happening right outside your door oh yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm I'm um I feel the urgency in every fiber of my being and I'm so glad and I don't think it's a coincidence that where I'm at in my timeline from my own trauma is lining up with this revolution because I have a different lens on life because I've faced being raped and killed and survived it. So it just like, it just gets rid of the bullshit. Like people who've been through extreme capital T trauma, you, you feel the real urgency because you fucking faced real urgency, life or death. Mm -hmm. And so Black people have been traumatized with with exactly that in the face of police their entire lives. Mm-hmm. I've only been dealing with this for eight months, yeah. but I'm so grateful that I was fucking privileged enough to start therapy two days after I was attacked so I could be healed enough by this revolution to stand up and talk about it. And it's like, that's why I have so much fire. It's It's a complete empathetic understanding of the urgency. And that's why I freak out when people are coming at me critiquing my approach to talking about these things as if I'm not worrying about people's emotions enough. Are you up against any of that, Becker? You're worried about people's lives, not emotions. (laughs) Thank you. It's insane to me. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I I just appreciate what you're saying so much. And and yeah, again, just want to call out that, you know, we're three um privileged white people having this conversation yeah Yeah. and I hope that um I hope that you know someone listening can gain something from it but um I definitely not to the extent that you're saying but it reminded me uh that you were saying Rachel but uh it reminds me of like something that my housemate and I have talked about um where like like when things changed for us um is we both were at the uh, Pan Pacific Park Fairfax event that really kickstarted all of um, this uh, police violence yeah. in, in LA. Um, the second and, day of protests, I remember that. Yeah, we were out. We were um, we actually weren't together, but we were both there separately and have very similar accounts of what happened, which just goes Whoa. to show. Um, yeah, and so you know we were out um, attending this beautiful, beautiful march, um, marching down streets that I've you know, walked and driven down a million times and have never looked at the same way. Um, and, and then the march was over. We were trying to get back to our car and literally there, you know, there was uh, police in riot gear blocking off the road. Um, and so this was the first time for me that I had experienced something like that. Um, and you know, we got up, we sort of, my friend and I um, went up to the front of the, of, you know, where people were, you know, like had the their front hands line. Up. Yeah, yeah, their hands up were, you know, um, because these, these policemen had, you know, their rubber bullets and their tear gas <sighs> aimed at us. Um, and it's not until, you know, as a white person, um, you know, white people for black lives uh, and similar organizations talk a lot about, you know, you have to find that moment, like, where you have stake in this um, um, because like, right, like 
we won't all be free and like until black people are free right. <laughs> like it's it's collective liberation right mm-hmm. so um that moment for me was when I had that shit aimed at my face um mm. and and I don't know if people who haven't experienced that like can f- have fully felt have fully felt it and I'm not trying to say that I'm like what you did know. you feel in that moment? If it, if you're comfortable talking about it, I don't want to re-trigger it, but I'm sure, sure no, there was some fear. I mean, and it's happened to me several times since. Um, I've been in Palmdale a couple times where Robert Fuller was lynched. Uh, mm-hmm. And and even, wow, to see, to, to see Palmdale's uh, police officers literally like days after one of their community members was lynched point that shit at at black folks in Palmdale, it's like, you're pointing this shit at people who are grieving a kid who was hung down the, down the road on a tree. Yeah. It's like, yeah. In front of your own city hall. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it feels, um, it feels real. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It feels, it feels real. Um, And so it's, yeah. So it's like, how do we get, those listening and those, the listeners right now, uh, you know, their extended family or the people that, that are on that side that haven't felt this yet. Like the people in the bubble, the white people in the suburbs in the bubble. Yeah. How? Those those are parents for sure. Right. Uh, My parents are very, you know, they're very um, empathetic, I guess. Uh, And, um, they say they're very proud of me for going out and protesting. Um, but, you know, they they are still... Uh, I'm trying to get them not focused on the looting, which I, hasn't, I feel like hasn't been talked about in weeks. in days or weeks yeah. or uh-huh. like... And for some reason, they're my still dad also stuck on looting. And mm-hmm. my extended family member also brought up the looting right away. They said, I'm okay with peaceful protests. And I said, that's what they've all been. And he's the person said, no, they've been riots and violent. And I'm not okay with that and looting. And yeah. I, was I mean, so, I've, yeah, I'm so I was sorry. just going to say, I was so flustered. I didn't think of making this point directly on the call, but what I wish I would have said is no one's been hurt. The looting, like no one's been hurt. No one had any weapons that we know of. People took things because they've been fucking oppressed to the point where that's their only hope of getting nice stuff Mm -hmm. is to seize the opportunity. I don't even care. Like, and, and it wasn't violent. It wasn't to hurt anyone. Well, and I said to my dad, why has that upset you more than black people being Murdered. Yes. Yes. Right. right. That's what I've been trying to say. Uh, it's a target. Right. Right. <laughs> Who fucking cares? Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. latching on to that. The people mm. in these bubbles. They're latching mm. on to that. Mm. And yeah. I'm like, you're educated. This is okay. So see, you guys. I think they're calling these people Darrens, Karens, and Darrens, right? <laughs> oh, interesting. That's what I heard. That's what I told oh. Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I think. Like Karens and Darrens are the mission. They're totally they're the mission. Like we have to get them on board. Yeah. And I am putting together an evidence packet that's really cold, factual, um, citing laws or things that have passed or been repealed 
uh, a packet that I'll post when it's ready um, for those on that side of the argument that are really educated people who are um, unfortunately being fooled by media, but hopefully that we can use these really cold, hard facts in our discussions with them. Two things. Um, I read an article yesterday about like how to cope with a family member who likes Trump or like not even my dad doesn't like him, but he's still voting for him. Um, And part of a big takeaway of the article was realize when it's like a moot point. My boyfriend tells me that when I argue with my dad, it's kind of like watching a woman yell at a tree and you know, that tree is not going to respond. It's not going to change its mind. It's just a tree. Um, and so I think it's also like, yes, definitely what Rachel said, but I think what I'm learning is it's also important to realize when a mission is like dead and to focus on getting the young voters and the people who aren't 60 and up who have made up their minds because they're adults who have been living the same way over and over and over maybe shift the focus to the young voters and like get them more excited yeah yeah I you know I wish I I've just every time I talk to my family uh you know, I try to send them a different video or, uh, you know, something like that. Um, I think the, you know, there's this video going around. Uh, I think her name is Kimberly Jones, yeah. I want to say. Um, yeah, who I think really just uh, powerfully, um, especially talks about, like, if your family's having trouble understanding the looting element, I think that's a really great video to send. Um mm. She talks about the game of Monopoly. And, yes, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, how black folks have uh, been playing for 400 years and mm-hmm. it's, they can't, they can't win. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, my parents and I are, you know, we, my parents struggle around the word defund. They say, mm-hmm. you know, why can't you choose a different word than defund? Something that means it, but it's different. And I'm like, what? <laughs> That's just... Just say defund. Yeah, I know. Get over that. Like, good word. It's literally semantics. That word to me is completely, like, neutral as a word. It Mm -hmm. is is what it means. Mm -hmm. It's it's not the word abolish. But people are using that word. Yeah. I mean, it is is part of, like, abolition, I think, or getting to abolition. Yeah. Um, no, but I'm saying that defund police. It's like the word defund doesn't mean completely abolish funding. But, oh, right. But yeah. a lot of people are saying abolish the police. Mm. And that, that word triggers them the same way that defund does. So it is interesting. But cause, yeah, because yeah, when you describe the actual thing, which is just giving money to the communities and having mental health services and better housing and affordable, you know, all of these things that actually take care of lower income families yeah. and people then there's less crime like yeah, AOC and people are happier AOC put it really well she was like a lot of people are asking what does it look like when we defund police and she was like it literally looks like a white suburb yep. that's low crime and doesn't have to fund police and actually funds parks and like all these nice mm. swimming pools and like recreation and health mm. sounds like heaven <laughs> It sounds amazing. I'm like, I want to, I want to live that life. But you guys, a white suburb. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that that doesn't sound amazing. Yeah, that's why I moved to New York. I was like, I felt like I was in the Truman Show, and every one of my friends who was a minority 
was the only one of that minority in my whole town and moved away. And I was yeah. like, I need to get the fuck out. And that, I moved to New York at 15 because I was like, what the f-? Like, it was so Truman Show living in a white <laughs> suburb. <laughs> yeah. Or like, what's that? Pleasantville. Like, It's kind of my fear in moving to a, you know, moving mm-hmm. out of LA is, um, will this, my a fear of mine is, will this, will this be a too white area? Like, will this not reflect Humanity. The world. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> so, Becca, I want to talk about your like journey as a non binary trans masculine person. Because when I first met you, I hope this is okay to say you were Becca. It cut out a little, but I. Oh, shoot. You were, sa- you were saying you want to hear about Becca's journey as a non-binary mm-hmm. trans masculine person. Because okay. I hope this is okay to say we met you as Becca. So we've uh-huh. seen your journey. And I remember like talking to you when you were going through it, through that. But for listeners, like, can you kind of walk them through that? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, it's funny. I in sort of in preparation for this interview, uh, I went back and was looking at, you know, some things that I've posted or some things that I've written, um, trying to even remember because this life feels <laughs> like it, it feels like it's always been me, even though, I mean, which it has, but like, mm-hmm. um, the funny part is, is that I, I thought I was cisgender for so long. Like, really? Like, yeah. Being part of, um, I mean, I knew I was queer, uh, you know, I don't know, from when I was a kid. <laughs> um, and then I really came, like, I came out, uh, to my friends in high school, but I wasn't like out, out. And then when I got to college, um, I was, I was extremely out. Uh, and (laughs) I was like, you know, I basically thought, um, I'm from South Florida. I thought I was going to come to LA for college and, uh, basically live the L word. I thought that Uh was my life, which again was a very, uh, depicted a very white, uh, sort of, uh, feminine, very thin bodied, uh, lipstick lesbian type, right? Like, (laughs) yeah. Except for Shane who, you know, everyone loves the machine. Uh, and, um, yeah, I got really involved in queer community in college. Um, and although people immediately were like, oh yeah, they're a lesbian, you know, like, and I was like, there's something about that word I don't like, but that's, you know, that's another conversation. Um, but the word queer also, like when I had gotten to college, they had just changed their name from the gay and lesbian bisexual transgender assembly to the queer and ally assembly. Um, so that was really when I was like, this is a word that I really like. Um, and, uh, there were, you know, a few trans folks in those circles at the time, like really not a ton. Mm. Um, and eventually I became, they called it like the executive director, which is just the president (laughs) of, um, of the queer community of that assembly. Um, and, I I felt, you know, I felt like I had to be like really on my trans stuff because mm. I was going to be the face of, yeah. Um, and I felt like a lot of weirdness because I did identify as cisgender. Um, and I I always sort of would do this check with myself where I was like, 
okay, like I'm masculine, like more masculine presenting, like that's cool. Um, but like, I'm still a woman. Like I'm still a woman, right? Like, let's check. Like I'm still, do I still feel like a woman? Okay. Mm. I'm a woman. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, somewhere, yeah, I think, uh, 2018, I posted, uh, a coming out day, coming out days, uh, I want to say like October 24th. Um, <laughs> And I posted a status uh, that I was like, okay, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not exactly a woman. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys got me. <laughs> yeah. Not, uh, not exactly. But, but it really took a long time. It took until 2018. I mean, I'd been out since, again, like I was a kid, really out like publicly since like 2010. Um, mm. I had had a very close trans friend who transitioned through college and like uh trans uh, man friend um especially and but until I think a couple years ago that like the non-binary identity like we had the word gender queer but like that did never felt right to me for some reason it took non-binary as a thing like coming into mm. the mainstream which uh, I will say it is definitely not like like for me to come into the mainstream for in my opinion it's not in the mainstream enough but um, but to get to you for that information to reach you yeah again like, like queer it was a it was an identity that really like felt I was like holy shit like, that's it <laughs> that's it yeah that's it um, because I think the, the way I first described it is like, yeah, I feel, uh, I, f- I still feel, you know, I'm, I, I lived as a woman for, uh, you know, at that point, like 25 years. Uh, I don't not totally feel like a woman, but, all, but I'm, I'm something else. Like, and, and, and I'd still do a check. I do a check now <laughs> saying, am I a dude? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think so. As of right now, not a dude. And that's how, you know, that's how I explain it to my mom a lot mm-hmm. when she asks about it. Um, you know, like, I'm just like, not a dude. <laughs> and I'm not a woman. Yeah. Non-binary. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not on, I'm not on there. I'm not on that. Not on there. <laughs> so to, that's, yeah, that's, that's how I got to sort to of be a To think that it point. even could be binary. Like binary is zeros and ones. Mm. That's binary. Like that's coding. That's what we use for very simple math. To think yeah. that humans who are so complex could be binary. It's like, no, yeah. the spectrum makes so much more sense. Yeah. And, Even and, fucking light has a spectrum and we get that. <laughs> Great point. Yeah. I, um, and I mean, the reason I was saying, I don't think it's mainstream enough is that I just, uh, even I feel like now, like, uh, like I've been on testosterone for about like seven months and, um, and I've had top surgery. Uh, I'm like very, 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 very fucking fortunate to have been able to do that before um, the pandemic too. Before the pandemic. Yeah. If <sighs> I'd still been recovering, I mean, if I'd been recovering during pandemic, that, that would have been one thing. But, um, if I, you know, couldn't go out and like 
do these protests and things that I wanted to do. Lift your arms hard. up with signs. Yeah. 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 I have a friend, I, Maddie is recovering from mm-hmm. knee surgery yeah. right now and is, is completely, uh, you know, destroyed that she can't use her body, um, right. to protest. But, mm. um, yeah, I, you were it, saying you're, you've been taking testosterone, you've had top surgery. Yeah. And it's funny, I was talking to someone the other day and, you know, whenever people ask me a lot, like, what are you hoping to get out of testosterone? Um, if you're not, like, it's, it's confusing for some folks, like if you're not a dude, right? Um, and well, first of all, I would say to that, like, testosterone and estrogen are not like... Exclusive. Right. We all have both. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and... Um, <laughs> It's funny because I, I almost, I almost am sort of like succumbing to this shitty thing where I would rather be read as male than female because it's so, it's like, it's like for other people's convenience. Like, Mm. like I, it's so uncomfortable for, it's, it's, it's so uncomfortable for other people to be uncomfortable about like what am I being confused? Mm. Yeah. And it's almost like, okay, well, if my voice was deep enough that they could register me as male, then we wouldn't have to go through that. But like, Mm. I think about that and I'm like, ah, like I hate that so Mm. much. It Um, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't have to be your problem, but it's very valid that you're feeling that. Let's take a moment to talk about let's get checked. Have you ever wanted to get a STD test or hormone or check your thyroid or any kind of blood test, but you're afraid to go to an actual doctor's office? Trust me, I get it. I hate blood. But if you would love to collect your own blood in the comfort of your own home, then you definitely need to check out Let's Get Checked. And right now they even have COVID testing, which they're offering at cost. So you can even do that at home. And it's really a way to take your witchcraft into the laboratory, but do it all from home. Like we know you witches are no like strangers to blood. Um, You could even kind of do some blood ritual with this. Um, But basically it's really easy. You go online, you pick out what kind of test you want. It gets delivered to you. You collect that sample um, and then you mail it back in in a cute little box and they're going to review it and get you your results usually within two to five days. That is so fast. (laughs) Um, And once your results are available, they'll be reviewed by a physician and someone will contact you and you can talk with someone about your results. And there's no hidden surprises on the cost. A lot of times depending on your insurance, you go to a lab to get your blood work done and then you get a surprise bill that's like 10 pages long and really expensive. Everything's up front, you know what you're getting and it's way less expensive than traditional testing. Plus, we have a witchy discount for you. You will get 20% off by using the code WITCHES at checkout. So to use that witchy discount, just go to trylgc.com slash witches. That's trylgc, like let's get checked.com slash witches or enter that code witches at checkout. Now you go get checked and let's get back to the show. I do have a question. I hope it's okay that I ask you, Becker. Yeah. I've always wondered. So let's say there's a stranger and you're trying to get their attention. You can't say sir or miss. How do you call them? Just excuse me. Uh Like if someone were trying to get my attention. Yeah. Oh, um, 
Yeah, I mean, just not not relying on gendered. Um, yeah. So words, there is I think, like a word for that that I'm not aware of. Spoken aloud um, in that way, like a sir or ma'am, I'm not sure, but there is this cool thing uh, when you're doing like Mr. or Mrs. That's mm-hmm. like MX period. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mix. Yeah. Oh. So, mix. oh, I like that. It's a mix. I like that. Yeah. So yeah. when I write, like, you know, I'm like mix Becker, Becker. Grumet. <laughs> yeah. that's cool and it's also fun to like you know I I wrote that in like a grant application to fund my day job um Mm -hmm. and it's like forcing that organization that's looking at that grant application and maybe they're gonna be like what the fuck does that mean but like look it up I don't know yeah it's not a typo (laughs) on purpose (laughs) yeah it's said it like multiple times in that way I've seen a lot of people women straight cis women on Instagram put she her as a way of also putting it in the mainstream of like yeah don't assume my gender like we there is a big spectrum yeah Uh I'm a huge 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 fan of that putting Mm. um if you're cis or if you're trans if you're non-binary literally Mm. anyone putting their pronouns in their email signature in their Instagram Mm. Twitter bio whatever it is that you're using LinkedIn uh just put it out there because, you know, maybe someone's going to talk about you or write you an email or, you know. And it acknowledges the reality of like, yeah, gender is, there's choices, you know. Yeah. It's not one or, one or the other. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I had a funny, I had a cute interaction with a friend uh, who's like a really well-meaning, wonderful, <laughs> straight woman friend. Uh, and she was like, what does it mean if people write like she slash they or like he slash they, you know? And and she thought maybe that meant that was a cis person trying to show that they were like an ally (laughs) to people who have they pronouns. And I was like, that's adorable. Oh, Um, but it's not. (laughs) No, it's just that that person uses either pronoun. Um, okay okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funny. either or both Got i was it. like you're you're overcomplicating it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but so, i love you so what was like your spiritual journey throughout all this because i would imagine it would be very trying mm. yeah um i think spiritual journey I mean I so I work in spirituality right uh I I literally work in an office of spiritual life part-time at a liberal arts college here Um, (laughs) that's so awesome (laughs) and it's uh it's something that I really love doing um and I uh work I work primarily a lot with Jewish um students um but also Muslim and Catholic and Buddhist and you know who whoever's there to talk about spirituality really um so yeah I I get a lot of that at work um it's interesting dealing with being non-binary at work also I mean a liberal Mm. arts college is a decently okay place to do it but um yeah I think the hardest thing spiritually was the idea of like rejecting my body Um, because I think spirituality and really tries to get us to connect to our bodies right and to and especially like to honor our bodies and um, 
to to love them. I mean, I struggle I struggle with loving my body like in any f- day form, whatever I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but you're lar- you're not alone in that in a huge way. You know, that's a very yeah. huge thing. Yeah. I mean, I've really uh I've had to look at dysphoria versus dysmorphia uh, mm. a lot and sort of like parse what's out the difference. I know body dysmorphia. Yeah. So Being, oh, you explain if you don't mind. Oh no, I mean I'll just how it, how it breaks down for me is um right, like dysmorphia would be um like I think my stomach is like much larger than it actually is. Like right. that's how, that's how I see it. Right. Um a lot of the time it takes my partner to be like no. <laughs> and by the way, like I'm I'm also as you know as it's been growing during quarantine like I'm also learning to love that like I'm I'm not trying to say that it should be smaller or whatever mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but dysphoria to me is like my breasts like just do not like align with my gender and, mm-hmm. and like the way that I see myself at all like it really just comes down to like um and I I guess I'm specifically talking about gender dysphoria gotcha. um yeah, so that was really hard to like look at my my breasts and be like these are perfectly good breasts. <laughs> like, these, For someone uh, else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, these um and for my mom, I think it was really hard for her as a mom to think about her child um getting their body cut open uh mm-hmm. and doing something to their body that wasn't medically necessary per se but like for me it was it was medically necessary I mean it's mental I, health it's that's tied. what I was going to say yeah. that's medical yeah. yeah um I mean in the process here uh at least the process that I went through with having um I'm under like covered California mm-hmm. uh insurance which is our version of Obamacare uh yeah I mean that's that's what that's Luckily, that is a medical reason. Gender dysphoria. There is a code that they mm-hmm. put on your, you know, your the, your insurance um, authorization mm-hmm. <laughs> that is like this is a thing, and yeah. not every not every insurance company will do that, mm. you know. And um, that's why it's such a big deal that this the Trump administration is yep. outwardly trying to repeal those sections, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, the, the Affordable Care Act is Obamacare. We're talking about the same thing. Like yeah. the, these, these, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. what's under attack. Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm extremely privileged that my insurance covered like 90% of my surgery. Hmm. Um, and that, and that there was such a good surgeon who is willing to mm-hmm. take that insurance. Yeah. Cause living in California helps that LA has good you know, we're a big city. We have advanced medical people. Yeah. I mean, did that mean it wasn't like a pain in the ass to make like a zillion phone calls and like mm-hmm. try to get everything set up and like, oh, like how long does this process take? And like, it was, it was such a thing, but. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, it still, it, it all went down and it, and I am so like, <laughs> Literally, my partner and I were uh, looking at a picture of me. We like the night before my surgery, we took some pictures of me just like with my, my boobs and yeah, yeah, just being like, "All right, this is the last one." <laughs> and then we look, we look at them. Ta-ta, the ta-ta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And I was like, we just like burst out laughing. Like, look, like me with these things just on me is like literally hilarious. We could not so stop funny. laughing. Like it, it, this was a little over four months ago that I had the surgery and already like, it does wow. not feel like me at all. I was going to say, I mean, like Leah mentioned before, when we met you as Becca, like, I can't, it's hard to remember. Yeah. <laughs> it feels so you as Becker and, and especially your hair. Like <laughs> you cut your hair short and it looks mm-hmm. so dope and you've done so many cool like styles and colors with it. And um, I can't, I was trying to remember as Becca, I think you had long hair, but like, I can't even picture you. You feel yeah. like you're more yourself. Yeah, hair, hair was a big thing for me. Mm. I like uh, have had to really do like some deep uh searching about I remember I had a conversation with you when you still had your long hair and you were talking I had just like gotten a bob or something and we were talking about cutting Mm -hmm. your hair and you said you wanted to I was like just do it and I got so yeah (laughs) I'm I was terrified of cutting Mm -hmm. I had really you know pretty long hair for a while um Mm -hmm. and I and is that what connected you to like oh I am a woman I have this long hair. Yeah, I think I think long hair for some reason is just is even like even if I'm <laughs> even when I to my in my opinion looked like such a piece of like, you know, baggy sweatpants, like gross piece of trash, like walking down the street, like, you know, looking I don't, I, in my opinion, not feminine at all. Like just the fact that I had long hair, like I would still get catcalled. Like, and, and I would, I would be like, are you, I wouldn't, I would be more annoyed like that they were still reading me as female than, <laughs> than like about like, Damn I'm, it. Yeah. I'm still just like, are you femme passing? How can you still like, I guess be attracted to me? Man. And all of this is, is so much to unpack, right? Like there's so many layers to this, but yeah. Um, yeah, I really just thought like if I cut off my hair, I would not be like attractive. Um, and that was like something I had to unlearn. I was like, my face shape will be weird. And like all these things that we tell ourselves and um, God, yeah, I'm so glad I cut my hair off. <laughs> I love it. And then what was the process like with your name? Was that hard to do to implement the change, the name change? Um, no. So this is kind of a funny story. So I, like I said, I I work at a liberal arts college. Um, and I think almost like a year ago, um, I, it was like the end of the semester and there was a lot of, um, we were having these meetings with the trustees of the college um, because there was just like a lot of, a lot of stuff going down as there tends to be in college administrations and student activism and everything like that. Um, and so I was in this like working group scenario with a professor I'd never met before. And um, I like, he turned to introduce himself to me and um, he was like, hi, I'm so-and-so. I should probably remember his name. Uh, and I said, hey, I'm Becca. And he said, Becker? And I said, no, but like... I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was this like moment where I was like... That's awesome. Wow, I, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, you responded it really, to it. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then I think it took me pretty much the whole summer. Um, that summer I was, uh, I was the camp director of a, a performing arts, like summer camp that I would actually be working at right now, if not for quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I spent that whole summer as Becca. Um, I'd cut my hair to like, not this short, but like a little, a little, it was a little longer than this. Um, and I was like, working at that camp was so interesting because I was constantly around teenagers. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> for me, um, yeah, yeah. Teenagers are little people, uh, who think they know how to be people. Um, I should say they're, you know, they're anyway, uh, but but on that though, like they're they're really finding themselves, right? And they're at this like summer program where they're not in school, they're away from their parents, they're living on their own. Um, they really have folks in their twenties and thirties who are guiding them, uh, and they're we watch them every single day as they you know make a film or write a song or whatever program they're in they're doing. We watch them like become more themselves, right? And I just started feeling like I was so dysphoric. I was like I. I don't even know who I am right now. And I'm supposed to be guiding these young people into who they Mm. are supposed to be. Um, So that summer was like a lot of time spent. Like I was living in a college dorm room um, because that's where our program takes place. I I basically work on a college campus all year round. (laughs) But I just, I was like, I was just like crying in a college dorm room, just being like, I... I'm just having such a, an identity crisis. Um, like I knew I was non-binary, but it was that summer that I, I was like, I need to have surgery. I like, I'm going to change my name. Like I need to embrace this in the way that will fulfill me the most. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. I'm so glad you came to that realization and were brave enough to, to take the leap of faith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the many leaps of faith, all the little steps Mm -hmm. that it's taken. Yeah. It's, um, I, you know, it's, uh, it's, it, maybe it's morbid to say it saved my life, but like, I, you know, yeah, it's it's definitely life changing. That's for Mm -hmm. sure. Well, I feel like you, you, you choose your life when you change your name. I've changed my name too. <laughs> my oh, yeah? last name is legally changed. Yeah, I used it as a, it comes from my family, but um, is not my birth last name. And there was a lot um, of spiritual likeness behind that for me. I was basically marrying myself and like vowing to myself like who I choose to be and not carrying on the patriarchy of taking my dad's last name, even though I love my dad. <laughs> right. Like I just wanted to choose my, my name. Yeah. And it's so monumental. It's like a rebirth. Yeah. It's really I mean, liberating. Yeah. You're birthing yourself. You're married. Like you're kind of starting your own life. Yeah. I mean, and, the, and for me, like they're so close or like, like, so I feel like, um, again, like maybe when I first decided on Becker, I was like, oh, this will be so convenient for people because it's so close, right? Um, uh, and and so much of, like, for me, so much of being non-binary, like, is, like, the biggest thing that I wrestle with is, like, just trying to be, like, fuck people's convenience. Like, mm. my family, um, you know, they struggle with the they pronoun. Um, 
which is the pronouns that I use, uh, they, them, and theirs. And um, they really, they really struggle. Like they'll call me not only she, but they'll call me, you know, every form of my name that they've ever used in one conversation. Mm. Um, And again, going back to Bell Hooks' definition of love, I do believe my parents have nurtured my spiritual growth like so fucking hard. So I do have a lot of love for them and I do believe that they have a lot of love for me. Um, but you know, it's, I, I don't know. I, all I can do is keep telling them like Becker, they, uh. yeah, well, I think it's so important that you, that you are aware that you're being careful not to, um, compensate for their inconvenience at the expense of your truth. So you're, you're sticking with your truth and you're calling them forward to rise up to the occasion of fucking adjusting. Yeah. So yeah, I've just had to doing everything you can. Yeah. Yeah. And then for so long, um, like even before I exclusively started using the they pronoun, I, uh, originally, um, was like, you know, I, I would, if you say she like that, I can still identify with she, but, but eventually people called me she so many times that I was like, wait, actually this feels horrible. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) this doesn't feel like me at all. Um, so, but even just, I think I was, you know, lying to myself, um, by even telling people that I, Mm -hmm. that the she pronoun was okay. Um, because I was worried that people, that they, that saying the word they was so inconvenient. Mm -hmm. And I've talked to a a lot of other non-binary friends about the same thing like Mm -hmm. that's that's what they're most afraid of with claiming this identity that really um that you know like for example my my parents they understood trans man they understood trans woman like Mm -hmm. but to be something in between um is just really wild I guess Mm -hmm. (laughs) again like Going back to what I was saying about the youth, it's like if we teach the youth that there's she, he, and them, that's going to raise a culture and a generation of people that it is normal to. And that's, I think, what is most important. Yeah. And I'll say, too, what I've loved about like Zoom and video chats in quarantine is that you can just fucking write them on your mm-hmm. Zoom like anyone like mm-hmm. you can write you know rachel she her leah she her like Ooh, back to group doing that. yeah yeah i mean we're not doing it now because we all know each other yeah. right <laughs> no, but people people in our moon circle did that i noticed that's awesome which is did that yeah it was awesome yeah because i i'm not gonna lie i don't love name tags like you know fashion wise like they're yeah <laughs> but like on on video chat you can just put it on your name boom yeah totally I think it's time. Yeah. You ready for, Are you a, ready reading? for a reading? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a magic podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a, a witch podcast. Yes. <laughs> oh, we're going to call on the goddesses. Okay. <sighs> I'll take some goddesses. Oh, yeah. Um, I just noticed that the bottom card is leap of faith, which we were talking about earlier. Sometimes the like whatever's on the bottom will catch my eye. As uh, I usually, if that happens, I tell the person and just treat it as like an adjective to the reading. Okay, but we're gonna actually shuffle and do a reading. Cool. So, do you have any specific 
question or area you want guidance on. (laughs) And it can be like detailed. It can be general. There's literally no, it's, it's a spectrum of (laughs) questions. I mean, I could go like super broad to like, how do we defeat white supremacy to like, how do I, back to what I was saying, like how, how do I deal with uh, rejecting someone's love, you know, like, and, and being okay with that. Cause it's hard. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I don't like it. It doesn't feel good, but you know what? Um, I, I'm fucking privileged to have even like gotten to where I am and, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, and, and you know, that's what I think. And, I think yeah. we've all seen, like, we have to, we have to fucking sit in this discomfort. We have yes. to do it. Yeah. Do it y'all. Yes. <laughs> Please. <laughs> we fucking should be uncomfortable right now. We should be feeling um, what you said, like the hurt of having to reject love. It's not like we want to reject these people's love, these extended family members, et cetera. Yeah. But we do need to bear that weight because it's the fucking least we can do. As yeah, a I mean... And especially Leah, like, you know, whatever happens with your dad, like mm-hmm. you have so much chosen family around you that will hold yeah. you. Yep. Thank you. I do know that. Fortunately, I do feel very lucky. And tomorrow's my birthday. And I know I'm going to be like a flood of tears because I always get so happy with like gratitude on my birthday. Yeah. Like my friends. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so should we, should we figure out how to, Defeat yeah. white supremacy, then. I liked your I liked your second question. How okay, to great. Feel. Yeah. How do we let's let's boil that question down? Is it how to how to deal with discomfort? Uh, um, well, necessary? you said rejecting of love. Yeah, I just don't accept. I don't accept. I'm. I'm not. I don't. Well, one, I don't buy that people who say they love me love me uh, because of how they're voting and how mm-hmm. they're acting right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't so buy it. How, how do I, we, how do how we do deal I, with people whose words and actions don't align? Yes, sure. <laughs> the love lies, the love lies. Yeah. Okay. Let's find out. Let's all breathe together. How do we deal with people that say they love us but don't show they love us? Oh, ooh. It was tough to grab. It wanted to hide. Ooh. <gasps> ooh, oh, yeah. this is a good sign. Eric, you're oh. blossoming. You are just getting started. So have patience with yourself mm. and the process and mm. do not give up. Mm. So we're not Damn. done talking to the love liars. Mm-hmm. Is that what that card literally says? Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are just getting started. So have patience with yourself and the process. And oh, magic, y'all. <laughs> well, and I think that's blossoming for them and us and this yes. new culture. And society. Yeah. yeah. Let's fucking blossom. Let's you blossom. <gasps> okay. Let me read more about Aracura. We do. Yeah, I, think, I think patience is huge. Uh, like that's what I'm learning with 
my family is like, I have to not be emotional and yell. I have to actually be patient and like make them feel like their opinions are also important, even though they're wrong. Yeah. yeah. If it makes you feel any better, I definitely told my dad to like fuck off several times and then told him I loved him. <laughs> that's amazing. Hey, time, fuck you. I love you. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's how I feel. I'm like, I fucking hate what you're saying. Fuck you. But also, I love you and I'm going to keep trying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When, when, when it's okay, you know, mentally for you to do so. Mm-hmm. And Leah, when you were talking about refocusing your energy on the youth. I think that is a good idea. From what I'm reading on how to approach these conversations, Mm -hmm. it it is good to give them pause and to let the other side cool off. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe it's not like one or the other, but you're taking a break from your dad, focusing on the youth and you circle back to your dad. Because like people, you know, are emphasizing, we can't just wait for the baby boomers to die off. We do have to work on them too. Mm Okay. Message from Aracura. In many ways, you are like a flower bud who is ripe and ready to open and grow. Don't try to rush this process as it's part of your beautiful path. Enjoy learning new knowledge and skills. Take your time to gather new ideas. Mm. Nurture your body with plenty of fresh air sunshine, water, and healthful food. Soon enough, you'll get the unmistakable signal that it's time to put your learning into action. Spend time among flowers or work with flower essences and oils to support your growth process. (sighs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Various meanings. Slow down. Have patience, get involved with gardening, use aromatherapy and or flower essences, keep the faith. I just thought of this. I keep saying after these difficult conversations, I always try to come back to, okay, seeds were planted. Mm. When Mm. I didn't get the win yet, seeds were planted. And it's like, I think blossoming totally speaks to that effort patience yeah keep watering it (laughs) yeah i'm into it does that does that fully resonate truly yeah um (laughs) i yeah that was a very becker card especially in the way (laughs) of like uh, new ideas and I've been really trying to get outside more. I was like having such a splendid hammock time when that fucking Trump uh, trans mm. health news came in last week. Hammock. And I was like, I was like, I was outside in my hammock. <laughs> oh, damn you. It's yeah, like reading such a good book. Like, uh, damn. Damn. yeah. But again, like I, I can't like, wh- why am I in a hammock? Why am I in my hammock? Yeah. I mean, I no, know why. I it's because if you're doing this work, like you, you need have to, to recharge. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. it's so important to sustain this work. So you can't burn out. You have to be strategic. Self-care yeah. is not selfish. It's strategic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, Becker, tell people where they can find you and definitely tell them about art time too. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anything you want to plug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seriously. 
If you want to see a lot of anti-racist content uh, on my story, uh, you can follow me at Becker Grumet, um, B-E-C-K-E-R-G-R-U-M-E-T. Uh, I'm like, uh, yeah, I, I, I do a lot of random things. Uh, <laughs> like I said, um, during the day, uh, I, I work in spiritual life. Uh, with college students. I'm also a camp director. Um, but I have also produced, written and produced a couple musicals in LA, which has then turned into an organization um, that <laughs> they is They are of, so talented. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Uh, I will say I, I could not do all of these things um, without uh, two people, Madeline Heyman and my partner, Haley McClintock. Um, but yeah, basically we took all of our experience putting on uh, shows and then Haley's experience putting on these sort of salon style house party um, events where people could share their art and we turn that into one big uh, fiscally sponsored organization which basically means we can accept tax deductible donations uh, and we put on monthly events excuse me uh, exploring different themes in the arts um, and specifically really trying to uplift the voices of women non-binary trans uh, folks Um, so yeah, if you want to do something in LA, um, it's been hard during quarantine, but like, please reach out and um, we'll try to make it happen. Um, our Instagram is at Art Time Presents, um, like art and then time and then presents because we're presenting the thing. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> um, the, formerly, it was called Art Time. Uh, and um, we have a website, arttimepresents.org, and that also has a lot of good information. And I know one thing you've got, you guys have offered during quarantine is free downloads of um, pages you can color that are full of butts. And I've really oh my enjoyed God. coloring them. I printed some out and colored them. On wow, my that's phone amazing. Calls. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, Haley definitely contributed to it. I don't know if Art Time can fully take credit for that. Um, oh, all right. Definitely been uh, promoting it. But yes, during the very beginning of quarantine, um, some artists in our community did put together uh, two volumes of coloring pages of butts. Um, so if butts is your jam, uh, <laughs> go color some we butts. Have a, we have a big butt, butt fan listener base. <laughs> Who doesn't love butts? butts yeah. cool, yeah. That's a Venn diagram where we are. In the <laughs> yeah, we all <laughs> yeah, we've, we've all got them. It's <laughs> true. Um, and then in closing something we're all grateful for our basic blessing for the day anyone can Mm. start I'm grateful for my privilege being born in a white body and the multitude of opportunity and the lack of discrimination I've experienced because of that and I want to be grateful for it all the time I'm grateful for the first girl that came out on Twitter about being um a victim of Chris sexual predatory that I also was a victim of when I was 19 um, and she opened up a huge wave of 400 women coming for us, uh, most some underage, I will note. Um, and he's disgusting, and I'm glad that everyone can now know the truth. Wow. 
Wow, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, <laughs> thanks for Ansel Elgort is next. No, yep. what the yep. fuck? Yeah. <sighs> the, fault, the fault is not in the stars, it's with that fuck. <laughs> it's, yes, it's your fault. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. I mean, just sort of on what we've been talking about today, I'm, uh, I'm really, 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 really grateful. I mean, when... So when my parents started talking about rioting, um, I, and, you know, rioters, and I said, do you know that I, as an identity, would not be able to exist if it were not for the Stonewall riots? Um, rioting is how we make change. Uh, I'll say it. And so I'm really grateful for people um, like Marsha B. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera, um, uh, trans women uh, of color who, um, who've led that Stonewall mm-hmm. uprising. Uh, despite what movies about white men leading Stonewall will try to say, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm 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 grateful for my trans ancestors for making my life possible. Mm. Mm. And so yeah. it is beautiful. Thank you so much, Becca. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I I, uh, I was like, oh, what am I going to say? <laughs> <Be> you. <laughs> I'm just going to rant. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> Perfect. Witches, this show is made possible by listeners like you who contribute on our Patreon. If you want to join the Basic Witches Coven, become a patron. And as a thank you for your support, we'll give you all kinds of witchy goodness, like card readings and custom art. We'll see you in the coven. Hexo, hexo. Basic Witches.